Well, we are in a series right now. It's the second week uh, called Ghost. And it's kind of Halloween season, so we're just talking about ghost stories, right? Haunted houses, ghouls, phantoms, all of the above. No, we're not really doing that. I do have a creepy house story to tell you guys in a minute, though. You guys ready for that? We're going to get a little bit Halloween-y today. Just a little fair warning. <laughs> halloween that's a word. It's in the dictionary. You should know it. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, so we're in this series, Ghost. And uh, we're looking at three main ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives, and that's uh, with us, in us, and upon us. And last week we talked about the with us, and this week we'll be talking about the the in us part of the Holy Spirit. But first I want to share a story with you guys. So, as many of you know, I am a house painter by trade, right? So I have a crew, um, and we, we paint houses, and and uh, I work with a lot of realtors and uh, remodelers and, and so forth. And I have this realtor that's a good friend of mine. And she, uh, she's like, hey, I've got this house that I need you to look at and get me a quote. She's like, but it is the worst house and the creepiest house that you will ever see. <laughs> right? So she's like, just fair warning. And she was like, it's so bad. She's like, you might walk in there and be like, they just need to tear down all the walls and restart from scratch. I was like, really? Okay. They need to start from scratch, huh? So as I was looking at this, this house, I get there, and I walk up, and it's not in the best part of, of town. And the house is um, pretty beat up, a lot of rotted wood on the outside. But, you know, I'm like, okay, this is normal. Like, I'm used to these houses. This is, this is totally normal. What's the big deal? But she also wanted a quote for the inside. So I go, I go inside, and, and I open the door, and... Uh, so, just a little background to this, too. She had told me, she's like, the guy who lived there died. Oh, I'm like, okay. And uh, his mom didn't, hasn't cleaned anything out yet because she feels like his spirit's still there. I was like, okay. All right, so I open this door, right? So these are, the, these are the things that are in my head. So I open this door, and the dude's got, like, black lighting throughout the whole house, right? Like, just, like, creepy black lighting. He's got, like... He died before Halloween season. It's been empty for a while, but it dressed like it's a haunted house. Like he's got stuff hanging from the ceiling. He's got rabbit tails and the creepiest like, like wall sculpture thing. Very creepy. And then his bedroom was painted black with like black lighting too. And then the tops he had done red uh, paint that made it look like the blood was running down all the walls. Right? So it's pretty, pretty creepy. But as, I, as I'm looking around with, as with a professional eye, right, you know, just as a regular person, I'm like, yeah, this place is creepy. Maybe they should trying to tear it down. Uh, but as a professional, I'm looking, I'm like, actually, nothing here is in that bad a shape that I can't fix, right? I can come in, and this place will be pretty and white when we're done. Like, there's nothing here that I can't handle. And, you know, the Lord just showed me, he's like, that's exactly how he views us, you know? Like, someone might look at our lives before Christ and be like, they just need to be tearing that tear down, right? Like you got to tear that down. Like they're they're irredeemable. But when Jesus comes in, He washes it white as snow. It says it doesn't matter how creepy you are, right? It doesn't matter if you celebrated Halloween all year. Uh, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter any of that, because Jesus walks in and says, "Nah, I got this. There's nothing in here that I can't handle." And that's what this whole series is about, is that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives to, to be a witness um, of Jesus to us, right? To work in us, washing us clean, regenerating us, bringing about fruit of righteousness through us. 
And then even what's crazy, what we'll talk about next week, is that he, works, he comes upon us and works through us for ministry. Right? So you could be this, this damaged thing. Like, you could feel like that, right? And Jesus goes, doesn't matter. I'm going to save you. I'm going to produce righteousness through you. And I'm going to use you to work in other people's lives. That's pretty cool. I think that's really cool because, you know, Jesus is a pro at saving lives. This is what he does. And when he walks into your heart, he walks in and he sees your past. He sees what's going on right now. He says, I've got it. I've got it taken care of. Nothing here I can't handle. All right, and that's what this series is all about. Last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit is with the world, right? He's a, he's a part of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, but he's, he's with the entire world, convicting of them, uh, them of sin and pointing them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's goal is to get people to glorify Jesus. That's the number one thing that the Holy Spirit is concerned about in the world right now, getting people to Jesus. And, and we're going to talk about whole, you know, the Holy Spirit's gifts that we can have and that he gives to us and, and works through us. And we're going to talk about all that. But sometimes we get caught up in like, what spiritual gift am I supposed to have? And the point's not the gifts. The point is that Jesus would get glory. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about, that Jesus gets glory. So he's with the world, convicting of them um, of sin and pointing to Jesus, being a witness of Jesus to the world. And we, we covered that uh, pretty well. And um, some of the things that he does that we see throughout, throughout the world, um, we have a list of these, is he regenerates, uh, empowers, he guides, he comforts, he helps, he intercedes, he indwells, he seals for salvation, he convicts, he teaches he restrains sin. He commands. He gives words to speak. He bruises fruit. And he gives spiritual gifts. And we sum those up into with us, in us, and upon us. This week we're looking at the, the in us part. You know, the Holy Spirit ultimately is he's working in us to regenerate us, to seal us. For salvation, right? So the mark of the Holy Spirit in your life is that you're now confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the mark of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes in you, he starts to seal you for that salvation. Right? So eternally, in heaven, God sees you as justified, as sealed, as clean, as washed white. But then, you're still like, well, I'm still here in this sinful world, and and I'm in this sinful body, and I have struggles and everything, well, the Holy Spirit works in us, and He starts to regenerate us and make us that new creature that He already claims about us in the eternal realm, right? In the heavenly realms. He already claims about us, but now He's starting to work in our physical body, in our physical life, to bring about fruits of righteousness, to produce fruit in our lives. And that's really where we're going to be focusing on this week, is that we, you know, we are... God's now, and we are a new cre- creator, creature, creature, right, right? You overthink words and then you say it wrong. Uh, we're a new creature. We're a new creation. He wants to produce that in you. So you start confessing, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. And we go, okay, you saved me. I'm sealed eternally. That's pretty cool. I'm washed white eternally. But you know what? Like, this is hard. Like, I'm looking at scripture and it's, it's hard. Not all these things are so easy to accomplish. Like, I've got some struggles, and I know they're not, they're not, I'm not supposed to be doing those things, but man, it's, it's difficult. 
Well, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in you and starts to work in you. And he brings about new life. And we begin to walk with him. So, I have three main uh, points that we're going to focus on today about this in us part of the working of the Holy Spirit. And three scriptures that we'll really go over. This first one is in Romans 8. You know, it's been said of Romans 8 by such people as Spurgeon and and other theologians that, you know, Romans is is the book of the Bible that if you're going to read any one book, you need to read that one. And I've heard that even said, if you're going to read one chapter, if you're going to memorize one chapter, it needs to be Romans 8 for the believer to know who you are in Christ now. And uh, this first point is, are we short of breath or full of life? Short of breath or full of life? We'll get to that in a minute. Let's read Romans 8, 1. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Amen. I, I love that verse. Like that is a verse that I, I had uh, on my steering wheel for a long time to remind me of who I am. Right? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death in Christ Jesus. Amen. So it's, it's a verse that we look at and we say, I am set free. I have new life because the spirit is in me. He is working. He's working in my life. And I am no longer under the old law of sin and death. I'm under this new law of life in the spirit. Let's keep reading here. We'll skip down to Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however... This is speaking to you, church. If you claim that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, this is speaking to you. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That is so powerful. Like we need to know that. Like your flesh, your ability, your strength, your effort cannot please God. You can't. Do it. And every religion throughout the world is a works-based religion except for Christianity. Christianity has something unique. It's called grace from Jesus. Every other religion, it's try harder, do better. Uh, Maybe if you're lucky, God will be pleased with you. Maybe if you're lucky, you can attain some higher spiritual knowledge. Maybe if you're lucky, you can get there over time or, or many reincarnations. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll get there. Maybe if you really try, you'll get there. 
Jesus steps in in Christianity and it's completely unique. And he says, no, I've got grace for you. You cannot do it. I did it for you. Believe in me. It's the most unique thing in the entire world is the grace of God that comes from Jesus Christ. But it's not just for salvation. It's also for our every day. For our every day, we need the Holy Spirit because he breathes life into us. Like this, God breathed life into Adam, right? In the beginning, that's what we need today. And the same spirit that raised Jesus' dead body from the grave is, is going to spiritually revive you. He's giving you life. I call this point short of breath or full of life. I was watching this show called Cooked right, on Netflix. You guys ever watch this show? It's a pretty, pretty cool show. It's very creatively done. It's a Netflix original. And it's called Cooked. And they were, they were doing an episode on bread. And I did not know that bread was so fascinating. Like, I was glued to the TV for one hour straight on bread. Like, bread. <laughs> right? Just good old bread. Like, I, I didn't pick it, though. Like, I wouldn't have picked that to watch. Right? <laughs> like, I would have watched The Office, another episode, right? But I walk in and Melissa's like, we're watching the show about bread. I'm like, really? Okay. I sat down, and it was fascinating. It was fascinating. The, the guy, he's talking about bread. He says, if you take the ingredients of bread, the grains, some water, you just eat those, you can't live off of it. Your body can't process the nutrients in the grain form. Even if you grind it up in the flour, eat the flour, drink some water, you can't live off of it. You will die. But when... It's cooked in the way that bread is processed, the rising, the air gets into it in the cooking process. The air, on a molecular level, brings out the nutrients of the grain so that you actually can eat bread and receive life from it. You can receive nutrients from it, and you can live on bread. People all over the world, the mainstay food is bread throughout the entire world. So when when Jesus says that, Man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? When he's talking about that, they were actually living on bread. Like, this was their main food. This is how they lived. And he's like, that is just your physical life. And God's got something more for you, spiritual life. That life is about so much more than your physical. You need the Spirit to come and give you real, true life. And what's interesting is that the word for spirit and air, or spirit and breath, or spirit and wind, in the Bible was the same. When you look at the bread, it's the air that brings life to it. You can't live off of the grains in the water. You will eventually die. But when the air comes into it, it creates bread where the nutrients are released, and you can live off. And that's such a beautiful picture of how we need the Holy Spirit in our lives for real, true life. He is the air that comes. And so are you short of breath today or are you full of life? Because a lot of times in, 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 our, in our walk with Jesus, in our, our Christian life, you feel short of breath. Like it's hard. It's tired. Like getting up at 8.30 and serving at the church is awful. <laughs> like and if I don't show up, Stephen will text me. <laughs> right? 
then you're, you're at home and, and maybe with your spouse, you're like, I don't feel like serving right now. I, I, it's easier just to be selfish than to love her. And all of the things we see throughout Scripture, obeying the law, you can, as a Christian, if you're doing it on your own, feel short of breath. Can't you? Am I the only one or do you relate to that? You feel short of breath. You're like, I'm trying. I'm going. It doesn't seem that easy. Well, it's because you're doing it in your own strength. And the Spirit breathes life into you. And you can be full of life when it says you set your mind on the Spirit. When you set your mind on the Spirit, instead of being short of breath, you're full of life. Amen? So we find that we have true life through the Holy Spirit. And the next is the Bible talks about us walking with the Spirit. Um, my second point is walking means travel. Walking means travel. Let's read here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now if the work, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, Lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit... Of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We live in the Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. We just talked about life in the Spirit. But he says there's something else you need to walk in the Spirit. Walking means travel. You're like, does it? Yes, it does. We have a broken view of walking in our culture. We really do. Right? People today, we drive everywhere. Right? We drive everywhere in the U.S. Like, Melissa and I drive to the shopping strip, right? And we're like, we go to one store, buy some stuff. We get in our car, and we drive five, in the parking lot, five you know, stores down, and park again. We've literally done this. She's denying it. We have. Okay? We didn't walk five stores down, because they're long, you know, large shopping block stores, and walk back. We got in the car, and we drove to the other side of the parking lot and got out. Right? Because we're Americans, and that's what we do. USA. Isn't that crazy, right? So, like, our view of walking is, is it's like on a treadmill for calories, right? Walking on a treadmill. Kenyans spend zero dollars on treadmills every year. It's true. You know, they spend zero dollars at REI buying hiking boots and walking sticks. 
My dad has walking sticks, so do my mom. I like to make fun of them. <laughs> How bad do you have to be at walking to... <laughs> bad at walking? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, if you invite your parents to church, you have to make fun, fun of them a little bit. Love you guys. Uh, they spend zero dollars on walking sticks or, <laughs> or REI or treadmills because walking means travel, Right? And we think of cars means travel, so we, we walk for calories or we walk for leisure, right? Like, let's go on a nice stroll, like, let's walk for leisure, let's go on a hike. And, but I remember in Kenya, they're like, we hike for water, not for fun. <laughs> we hike for groceries, we hike to school, we hike to work, we don't hike for fun. That's not something we do, we have a broken view of walking in this world, or in, this, in America, we have a broken view of walking. And so when you read this, you think, well, okay, so like it's like walking in the Spirit. i got to burn some calories with the Holy Spirit. That sounds good. Or it's like a nice side thing. Like i got my whole life, but then on the side, I'll leisurely walk with the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. That's not the view that they have here of this. Of this. They look at it and they say, walking means travel. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're ha- you have a destination. You're going somewhere. He's taking you somewhere. And that place is righteousness and growth. It's fruit. It's growing in your, your spiritual life. Walking means travel. You're, you're, you have your life in the Spirit, but you're also walking in Him, walking with Him. And you have a destination, and that's to grow, that's to change, that's to see more righteousness in your life. But you can't do it on your own, right? When you walk in the flesh, it's like walking on a treadmill, which is the worst thing in the world. It's the worst thing in the world. Walking on a tre- Melissa likes to run on treadmills. I, I can't stand treadmills. Is anybody else with me? Like, how many of you are like, I like treadmills because I like to see the calorie counter, how far I've gone, all those depressing statistics. <laughs> like, if you like those things, there's something wrong with you. Like, it's the most depressing thing ever. I've been running for six hours and I've burned three calories. That's what it's like. That's what it feels like. And it's just so discouraging, and you're not getting anywhere, so you have to have a television or a podcast, you know, because there's nothing, like, you're just like, oh, this is so boring. And the only thing that you get out of a treadmill is tired. (laughs) You don't get anywhere. Am I right? You literally get nowhere on a treadmill. Eventually, you just end up backward. Like, you you step off or you fall off, you see those videos? Those videos never get old, even when you know what's going to happen. <laughs> They're the best videos. It's like, I've fallen off a treadmill. My grandma had a treadmill for a little while, and I remember I was running on it when I was a kid, and I smacked my face on it and shot off. <laughs> you ever do that thing where you're, you're in a gym with your buddies, and you turn up to the fastest speed to see if they can do it, and they can't because treadmills are, they are made to go faster than humanly possible? So no matter how fast you can run, you're probably not going to be able to outrun that treadmill. It's going to eventually shoot you off. We've done that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't get anywhere but tired with a treadmill. And that's exactly what it's like when you try to do the, the fruit of the Spirit and work in righteousness in your flesh. You don't get anywhere but tired. You don't get anywhere but tired. It's exactly like walking on a treadmill. It's pointless. It's useless. And you should spend zero dollars on it. I lived in Kenya for a long time, so I'm basically a Kenyan. Not really. I like America. As you can tell, I drove across a shopping center. Uh, Okay. 
Walking in the flesh is like walking on a treadmill. You get nowhere but tired. And if you've been a Christian for a while and you've tried to walk in the flesh, you know that's true. When you try to do it on your own strength, you eventually get tired. But when you walk in the Spirit, you get to your destination. When you walk in the Spirit, you get to your destination because the Holy Spirit doesn't fail. Right? The Holy Spirit doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't fail. The Holy Spirit always loves. The Holy Spirit is always peace. You know, He's always long-suffering. He's always kind. He's always good. He's always faithful. He's always gentle. And He's always self-controlled. We're not always those things, are we? But the Spirit is always those things. So when you're walking in the Spirit, you will see that growth. You will see that transformation. Because walking means travel. The other thing is, too, you know, our other broken view of walking is that we view it for leisure. Right? When I, what, most of the time, we used to walk, we used to hold hands, we used to do that. Now we, like, have kids and stuff, and we don't go on a lot of, like, romantic walks anymore. We should. Let's go on one. Okay. But my point is, like, that's not the point of walking in this context, and it certainly wasn't to the, to the readers. It wasn't a leisure thing you did on the weekends. And we can view church that way. We can view our walk with Jesus that way, can't we? It's this leisure thing I do on the weekends. It's a good thing, but it's not a thing I need every day. I don't need to go on a fun hike every day. So when we have that broken view of walking, there's just kind of a fun, nice thing that we get to do on Sunday. Instead of what we need every moment of every day is to walk with the Spirit, because without Him we're hopeless Without Him, we're going to fail. Without Him, we will be back in the flesh. We have a broken view of walking. Walking means travel. And you're not going to get anywhere spiritually without the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we see that we have to have our life in the Spirit. We have to walk in the Spirit. And lastly, I want to talk about abiding. We just need to stick with it. My last point is ghost house. Right? It's Halloween. I said there would be some Halloween-y kind of stuff going on today. Ghost house, right? We're talking about Halloween. We're talking about uh, haunted houses. Who likes haunted houses here? Okay, cool. I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. I still like you, but I don't like haunted houses. Like, I really don't. Like, my brother was a firefighter, and their firefighter team did one, and it was pretty scary. Like, they used a fire station, which is already a little spooky, right? Like, because it's like... It was like their, their test burn site, right? So it's like this concrete building that just has been on fire every day for years. And so they're like, come to this. And we've got it all spooked out, right? And I hated it. it was like, yeah. <laughs> I hate haunted houses. And it's okay if you, if you like them, go ahead. You're braver than I am. Um, but we got to live in the ghost house and we got to be a ghost house. We have to live in the ghost house and we need to be a ghost house. We're talking about Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay? Let's read here. John 15, 1 through, through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you 
unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. See, the theme here is to abide. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus sent his Holy Spirit so this was possible. For, for us to abide in him, and him to abide in us. And he says that we're already clean because of the word I spoke about you. All right? Jesus declared you clean at the cross. The cross, he, he made it possible. You are, you are washed white. This is, you're justified. But today, here and now, you are not always walking very clean. You don't always feel so clean, do you? That's why we need to abide in Him and Him in us. We need to live in the ghost house. And we have to have the ghost live in us. We need to be a ghost house. We've got to stick with it. Right? It's, it's one thing we go, okay, it's life. Like, I can't do anything without that breath, without that life, without that air, without the Holy Spirit. My life is not going to be a real life. It's going to offer no nutrients. It's, it's not going to be productive. Real life is in the Holy Spirit. We know that. We know that we need to walk in Him. Right? We walk in Him, and we know that that means we're going somewhere with Him. We're traveling somewhere. We're we're growing in the fruit of righteousness, but we also need to have a a conscious decision that I'm going to abide. I'm not going anywhere from here. I have found life. I have found the the best destination in Jesus, and I'm not going to seek anything else. I'm not going to go anywhere else. I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to stick right here because I found life. I found meeting. I found the real destination that my life is all about. Right? We're all looking for things. We're all like, I want to go somewhere. Like, I, What am I supposed to do with my life? What's important? Where should I go? And the Holy Spirit to, reveals to us the true destination, which is relationship with Jesus and righteousness in him. And so we have it already there. But we got to stick with it. What is it about us that often wanders? It's like that, that one that, hymn that where he's like, I'm prone to wander. I'm prone to wander. Aren't we though? We need to make a conscious decision to abide. Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I have nothing without you and I can do nothing without you. Help me abide. Abide in me as I abide in you. Why do we so easily get distracted? Why do we so easily wander? Why do we so easily go back to the old things? Why, church? We need to abide. Are you with me? If you believe that Jesus is real life, that he's the the best one to walk in, walk with, and walk towards, then you need to abide with him. Stop going back to the things of old. Stop looking around and going, is this the best thing? I don't, I don't know. You know, we can't be like Lot's wife who looked back and was turned to salt. 
need to abide. Jesus wants us to abide. And when we abide, and when we, abide we find that we're setting our minds on the, the Spirit. And then when our minds are set on the things of the Spirit, the things of the flesh just fade away. Right? Like what we do in the flesh oftentimes when we're talking about sin is we, we look at sin straight on and go, I'm going to defeat you. I will defeat you. I'm going to muster up and muscle you out. I can do this. And in the flesh you find that you fail. You know what you're supposed to do? You, you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. You set your mind on worshiping Jesus. You set your mind on the glory of the Father. You set your mind on the Spirit. And you say, show me where you want me to go. And He starts revealing opportunities for you to love. Opportunities for you to practice self-control. Opportunities for you to be faithful, peaceful, gentle, loving, long-suffering. All of this. And your mind is so focused on that. The old fades away. The old fades away. You start walking in it and you're like, man, I want to love more. I want to be more faithful to God. I want to be more patient with, with people that annoy me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's where we're going. But if we leave it, if we leave the Holy Spirit, you know where you end up? Right back in the old. You end up right back in the flesh. You end up right back in the sins that you used to, used to have. But if you abide, you stick with Him. And He is in you. And you are in Him. Life can be pretty amazing. You can find true freedom. You can find real purpose in your life. There's this old hymn. Reading last night as I was doing some study for my sermon and it goes like this help of the helpless oh abide with me come friend of sinners and thus abide with me through cloud and sunshine lord abide with me in death or sorry in life in death oh lord abide with me i need thy presence every passing hour What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself, my guide and stay can be? Through cloud and sunshine, Lord, abide with me. That's beautiful. And it it correctly expresses our desperate need for the Spirit and our desperate need to abide in Him and Him in us. Every passing Hour. I said that because of the grace of God. It's also unique because of the humility of that. It's unique in what Jesus did, but it's also unique in the fact that we confess that we can't do anything apart from Him. No thing. We can't accomplish it. We can't produce it. We can't get there. Without Him, we are nothing. There's a lot of humility in that, and that is also what is so unique about it. It is not about your effort. Even if you had all your life or many lives, you would never be able to get there. That is the truth that that God speaks through Scripture, is that you are not able to save yourself. You're not able to be righteous on your own. You can do nothing and are nothing without Him. 
So we need him, not just on Sundays, not just on Thursdays or Tuesdays at community group. We need him, what? Every passing hour. He's the help to the helpless. He's the friend of sinners. Right? If you're like, I don't know if Jesus will accept me. He accepted everyone. He accepted all of us who confess him so he can accept you. You were not too far gone. That house, right? It wasn't too far gone. It was gross. It was creepy. It had problems. But I'll go in there. I will work with that house and it will become out beautiful. Jesus is like that, but with something much greater, your spiritual walk, much greater, your life, much greater, your eternity. He says, it's not that bad. I can handle this. I've got this. It's nothing that I can't handle. So let's abide in him. Are you with me, church? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son who died on a cross, Lord, to save us from our sins and offer us a new life which we have in your Holy Spirit God I pray that we would that we would find that life if anybody here Lord is unsure if they're in you and you're in them Lord would you would you convict their heart would they give themselves over to you completely today Lord um, would we walk with you would you help all of us walk with you would you help us realize that if we're not walking in you we're not getting anywhere Lord, and when we realize that once we've got this, there's nowhere else to go. This is it. This is the thing. This is what our hearts long for. This is what our lives are all about, Jesus. You've made a way. You've given us everything, Lord. I pray that we would not leave that, that we would not doubt that, that we would trust you, and that we would abide in you and you in us. In Jesus' name, amen.